0: Golade presents the Talking Bollocks Podcast. What's uh, your
1: fucking
0: you uh, Just a little more. Uh, Toyo is the uh, in your body. your body. Of the Talking Bollocks podcast, is it? I think it is, <laughs> eh? Brought here, boy, by loud, the Home Voyage podcast. It's me, Teddy Flower. It's me, C.O.B. And this week, my joint boy,
2: Christy Dignam. I'm just looking at you said bollocks, and that says bollocks. So which is it? bollocks or bollocks? Oh, it's say bollocks. Bollocks, yeah, so that should be IX, not OX.
0: No, that's a valid point. I'm not going to argue with <laughs> you about it now, but I think hell we're too Roddy far doyle. gone, Christy. Tell Roddy Doyle
2: is wrong. wrong. Yeah. I have a tattoo on the back of my leg. Oh, you're going to have to get that sorted. I'll have to show I'll oh, tell you a story about tattoo, right? So one day, I was had to do on something on my board, right? And I said, sorry, that sorry, I was having to do something on my board and I was in a bit of fucking, what? In, in the doghouse. In the doghouse, over. So I said, I'll get a tattoo of our fucking, of our birth um, sign, right? So I went into Johnny Eagle and uh, I said, look, I said, and she says, what is she? And I said, she's not a fucking little, little fucking spidery, out. So he put the scorpion on my ankle, right? So I went home and said, Catherine, what do you think of that? She's fucking cancer, which is a crab. We have a fucking scorpion on the foot <laughs> 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 she bleeding that was in fucking as he wasn't even allowed in the doghouse after that yeah. <laughs> fucking gobs just so you are saying about your tattoo there sleeping on but the floor I, so I still have this scorpion on my legs I'm trying to look for a board that's scorpio <laughs> and ditch me on board anyway there you go have you any more tattoos? I have a, t- a line on my shoulder there an Aslan because Aslan's a line and I just annoy you there on the other shoulder. But I, I got into tattoos before you got into all these sleeves and all that, carry on, you know. Yeah. I'm yeah. not mad into all that now, to be honest. i seen the blow today, look deadly. He has a whole face tattooed. Do you ever see him? We mm. oh, always see him around his head, the ball. He yeah, mm. yeah. His oh, whole head now. He, he, oh, I think it's think I he's, he's going to give him a shout out to the car. I think he looks great because he's a character, do you know what I mean? He's like a man boom, boom years ago. I remember the, yeah. the all that. I like, you know, characters, Dublin characters. You don't, don't to be the fucking same so you don't no, you're right. I know but face that it was I know example, yeah I wouldn't it? do it I wouldn't even get that tattoo on my hands like, yeah. because years in. ago you had to the Indian mean, ink it, yeah. if you got that tattoo on your hand you it's, 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 it's kind of ask you sure you, know, you want to do this years ago Johnny Eagle and all because it was all visible, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Pulling on your boat race, man.
1: Yeah, We <laughs> dad got his initials on his arm before I remember he got it removed. They cut it off, yeah. He the, star, skin, you
2: know. the scar is worse than the fucking tattoo, yeah.
1: What they cut it off, yeah. He had his initials here and yeah. uh, on, like on his arm, and he probably done it himself, did he? Yeah, yeah, that's what they, uh, he did. He was Indian. telling me they all did it when they were about yeah. 16 or something. Yeah, he used to get a needle and just and a bit that's of that's what he did, yeah. and he, he cut the
2: tattoo off and he sits the two bits of skin together then on either
1: side of it. Yeah. Do you do it with a laser now. Yeah. But you
2: still have a white patch where
1: they think. Yeah, it fades after a while. Yeah. I was only talking to young the other day. He has a cross on his thumb. Right. And he was going to get it removed and he showed me then. Like Why was he getting it
2: removed?
1: Didn't like it. He got it done. He said he was out of his head and he got it done. And uh, Everybody it, just be out of their yeah. head,
2: don't you, <laughs> when they get tattoos done. And
1: he said he, he got a cross there. Uh, he didn't like it because he has other tattoos on his hand and that just sticks out and he, he got the laser on and it's just all white then. Yeah. Bubbled up. Yeah it's too
2: painful the whole yeah even the tattoo it. my daughter my daughter loads of tattoos really. so she was about 16 and she asked me to get a tattoo so you had to give her permission if you're under 18 and all that carry on so i went there brought her down to the tattooist and fingers at the time so she could not she'd sit in the chair you know and the tattoo come over they started it. and she looked up at me and says you're my dad you're supposed to stop me doing things like this I was going to punch the bleeding head off Yeah. I thought I was being a great, uh, real cool and all, do you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs>
0: she still has the tattoos. She loves the tattoos now. Yeah, they're supposed to be addictive though, aren't they? Yeah, are, yeah, when and you get, get into them. I got forced into the town. mine, I'm not into that.
2: Yeah, no, neither am I really, you know. So, I don't like all the sleeves and the legs and all. i seen a boy there a while ago and she's like stockings. Yeah. T- you know, suspenders and stuff. Yeah. Ah, like oh, good. Like good a whole, good. Down, whole legs and all. It's all.
1: Yeah, Childish look When
2: she's 80 man That's not gonna look cool is it Yeah I
1: know But you're not thinking That far ahead eh No like, you, look, you look good now Do you ever see people Have like on that toy Do you have a tattoo When yeah. are you ever
0: gonna Show that off I
2: know Going yeah. you know, around a pair Of ball triangles On yeah.
0: You know what I mean oh, Right Going off my tangents Already <laughs> we are yeah
2: Yeah
0: Christy we're gonna Jump into the zingers yeah Do you remember the zingers Yes Right but jumping into them Right we'll Sorry. get the two Shite ones out of the way first yeah What you call that On the top of your bottle there That Yeah
2: Bottle top a bottle top? What do you mean? I don't know what you call it. Call it a cork. Cork? No, a cork is made out of a cork.
1: Yeah, I know where you're coming from, but like on every bottle, you know, the twisty one and all. That's
2: a bottle top. No, a cork is just a cork.
1: Yeah, but you don't like a bottle of seven up and you you That's not a cork. What do you call that then?
2: bottle top. As well, as well? Of course, yeah. It's only a cork if it's a cork and wine or something. Yeah, but you're not calling it like a lid or a cap? A cap, yeah. You'd call it a cap, yeah. A cap, I never thought, I just never thought of it before. It's a weird question. Oh, I them a that's one of the weirdest questions. I'm 40 years with getting asked questions. That's the fucking weirdest <laughs> question I've ever asked. That is talking bollocks, man. <laughs> uh,
0: a cap, 29%, a lid, 71% of people, yeah? A lid. So See, more a, a lid
2: be on jam or something, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a lid because it's a big round oak. Yeah. Or a, a t- that's a bottle top. Yeah, that that's a, a word called. Like it's a, a, a cork if it's, a, if it's in a bottle. A lid off the
0: jar? I don't
2: What do you call it, a lid? Ja, uh, Jim Jones. I don't right. know.
0: We deal with this every week and we're always wrong.
1: Yeah. We're People always... have been giving us some abuse, Christy. Why? The
0: fuck are you on about when <laughs> this? That you was two ticks. Mm-hmm. Well, we got a beautiful show of for this one. What's that called? The Joe in there? A hoodie. Oh, yes, for fuck's sake. <laughs> We'd call her a jumper.
2: <laughs> We'd call her a jumper. No, you knit a jumper. A jumper has to be made out of wool. Someone said that to us as well, someone texted us then. that. You know someone I mean? said to us if I was if a If you can knit me a fucking hoodie, man, I'll call it a jumper. <laughs> <laughs> this is a hoodie. Do you know what it is? I oh, oh, know it's called a hoodie. I'll oh, just call it a jumper. Oh, did you ever see somebody saying, i seen a bloke robbing a bike there just then, he's wearing a jumper. You don't see, he's wearing a hoodie.
1: Yeah, you, you know would. What I mean? yeah, so what would you call it without a hood then? You know
0: them ones? If it's A sweatshirt. Them, a sweatshirt? Yeah. Very posh. You wouldn't call it a sweatshirt, Christy, I learned this.
2: I don't know what to call it. I wouldn't wear it if I, I it's only a jumper if you knit, I swear to God.
0: Yeah, someone said that was us. Well, something about the material. It's, it's right? only a hoodie if it
2: has a hood. The then... cardigan is when was it how when does it?
1: thing
2: that the buttons that or a zipper or something, that's a cardigan. Yeah. So if it hasn't got a zipper or buttons around, then it's a jumper, as far as, as far as you call it a
0: jumper. I wouldn't be offended if somebody called yeah. it. Yeah. But i just call it a sweatshirt or something. Right, we get them out of the way. 39% say jumper, 61% say hoodie. Right, this is a good one now, Chrissy. Get the short ones out of the way, this is a very right, good one. This yeah, is a good one for you, right? Right, go on. Would you rather only listen to... I, I know your answer anyways. Would you rather only listen to music from the 20th century or from the 24th century? Only. Now bear in mind, that includes new music. So, so
2: the 24th century started in, in 2000. I'd 2000. rather 2000. have gone to the 20th century, yeah. yeah. Well, I had a family, Definitely. Absolutely, yeah. The music, yeah. I think the music has consistently got shitter as it goes out, as the years go on. Do you know what I mean? Because when you listen to Ed Sheeran for the long, who's, you know, I could have nothing wrong with, it, nothing wrong with that man. He's a good, it's a good, great songwriter and all. But are you going to be singing 17 in 20 years' time the way you're singing? We say. Say, say you're singing a Bowie song or something, do you know what I mean? Or a fucking Beatles song, was for example. Do you know what I mean? 40 or 50 years, right? Are you going to be singing that Sheeran songs in 50 years? Or uh, George Ezra? Or, do you know what I mean? So you're thinking about the legacy of the songs, really. That's what makes the music good. If it's good, it'll have it. It'll have longevity. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do you know, it's like, the Crazy World is 93. 1993 we released that. And it's still, like, if we if release that today, it'd still be a decent song, do you know? Yeah. And I was listening to, to our first album, uh, an album called Fear No Shame. And uh, if we re- released that today, it would still be a decent album. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But you listen to some of the stuff from that time and it's kind of dated. You know, because what they do now is, even, we released a single a few weeks ago, a few months ago, right? So we're in an RTA and I said to one of the DJs, I won't say which one he is because he's still the bollocks on me. But I met him in the <laughs> corridor. We were doing the Late Late Show and I said something. I says, come here, Owen. Oh, I <laughs> well, says, i uh, <laughs> oh, he says um, uh, did you get the new single because you know you service all the DJs with the single you know so did you get the new single I oh, did Chris he said I oh, fucking love it so I'll have it constantly on in the car you know he's bleeding deadly so is he going to play it on the radio I oh, know mm. it's not a demographic it's
0: not a demographic
2: yeah so what they do is they get the radio so they look at the radio and they get their, their polls yeah. and they think well at 2 to 4 all the kids coming home from school are listening to us so that's what the market we're going to head for. Yeah. So we play music that goes for it. But years ago, DJs, what made music great was a DJ would discover a band. Do you know what I mean? Somebody yeah. discovered the Beatles yeah. or Bowie or fucking Bob Dylan or whoever that was back, back then. Do you know what I mean? And they'd play it and then people would hear it. And that's, but now it's all done on a computer. Do you know what I mean? Everything's done on a computer. Because you listen to most radio stations at two o'clock on a Saturday. And you listen to the next two o'clock, next Saturday at two o'clock, it be the exact same song I'll be on. Yeah. And five past two, the next the exact song that was on last week. That's the way it goes. We were on the thing in 1988. We went to this convention over in EMI, over in England, right? So EMI had this, we were signed to EMI at the time. So EMI had this convention. And we were playing with a bloke called Joe Cocker, a, a fucking bloke from back then, right? So we are having dinner the next day, and all the EMI pluggers came in. So the pluggers are the blokes to go around the radio stations trying to get our records played, right? So they're saying, we had a, a conference there today, and you're talking about this new system's going to come in where computers pick the songs to be played at certain times and are pissing themselves laughing at the concept. And it's here today. Do you mm. know what I mean?
0: Mentally. <laughs> it's all
2: bollocks. And that's why none, none of those songs have, will have any kind of lifespan. Do you know what I mean? Because the quality is not there. Because years ago, well, even U2, for example. So when U2 were, were signed, they weren't expecting them to be successful with their first record. They were looking down the road, you know, that third album. That's when they kind of let them develop. It's called a development deal, right? So you are letting the band develop. That's the way Bowie was. That's the way the Beatles were. That's the way. But now you sign a deal and they want a hit next week. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And if you don't have a hit next week, I drop. On, yeah, yeah, yeah. So because of that, the bands don't have time to develop. And then you've got the like, the X Factor, right? So so you, you have, say, for example, my career, right? So... Uh, throughout my career, I've played in Jackson's with 200, or two people in it. I remember doing only gig in, in Kinsale and Cork, right? And we went in, done the sound check and I'm sitting in the car park waiting for the gig, right? And I'm counting the punters going in to see if enough petrol to get back to fucking Dublin. But all those things teach you how to become a singer, do you know what I mean? Mm. To give you character and all You go on to the X Factor, you're unknown. I remember there was a Irish bloke a few years ago, right? So, he won this thing called the Voice of Ireland, I think it was called Eurostar or something, I can't remember. But he won one of those X Factor things on RTA, right? So, he's obscure, he's unknown, right? Six weeks later, he's a household name, right? He sang for us in the Eurovision then, right? And he he was slaughtered in the Eurovision. It was the first year we'd done really bad in the Eurovision. He came back here and the papers crucified him, right? And I remember thinking, this is a bloke, this is a, a man with a fucking heart and a fucking soul. These fuckers have made him a star before he was a star, put him in a competition with people who are seasoned fucking stars. And because he wasn't successful, he crucify him. I've never heard of him since. He obviously gave up the music business. And that's why these X Factor things are you. It's not because the programs are you It's because the, ba- the people that are on them haven't done the work. You, know, you have to learn. Like, it's like he was doing this gig. Can you imagine how good you are towards your first podcast? Yeah. It's the same shit, do you know what I mean? You have to do it over and over again. And you have to make loads of mistakes and do shit podcasts, which the way we had to do shit gigs and shit records, until you get it right, do you know what I mean? And they're not giving them a chance to do that. And they're putting the stuff out. What they're doing is they're getting mediocrity. And then they're getting some producer who has success. They're putting their kind of shine on the mediocrity and putting it out there. Yeah. But the people, you know what saying, John F. Kennedy said it. You can feel some of the people all the time. Yeah. You can feel all of the people some of the time. But you can't feel all the people all the time. Yeah. And that's it. You see, so people sus it eventually. They start saying, Ed Sheeran, yeah, that was great. Like, I guarantee you, Ed Sheeran had 80,000 people there. I'd say 60,000 of them only went because he's Ed Sheeran. Not because he liked his music. Or, yeah. You know, you used to him, name me six Ed Sheeran songs. He wouldn't,
1: yeah. wouldn't have a clue, do you know what I mean? I was actually only saying that to him, mate, I and mean. mine. They were Like, come on, we go, time to go crack, and I was like, Yeah, but he's gonna play all his new songs, all his new songs. And
2: yeah, but I don't no, mind into into him sitting on the guitar. Well, he's at, I was looking at us looking on Facebook, yes, and this little dot about mm. 600 miles away. I said, Fuck that man, pay 80 pounds then to see a dot. Yeah.
1: yeah, do you not think he's any use though. I seen oh, he him is. He's years ago, cool. and he's, brilliant. He's,
2: he's yeah, he's great if you can see. If you got him in Vicar Street, he'd be bleeding
1: brilliant. He'd only played he Vicar Street it, and done yeah. feelings as well. Yeah,
2: now, I respect that because that, and the reason he's doing that, I know why he's doing that because we done slaying years ago with Bowie, right? So I'm fucking obsessed. I am was obsessed with Bowie when I was a kid. So we said to our manager, listen, we don't care, we'll never get us another gig. Fuck, a want to play with Bowie. Get us this gig in slaying. So they got us to support with Bowie and slaying, right? So I walked out on the stage and I'll never forget it. We walked in backstage, right? And there was a few people scattered around it, you know. We say we got there at two o'clock. We so went on until about seven o'clock that night. You know. So I hadn't seen the out front because I did in behind all these barriers and that, you know. So I walked out on stage and the place was full, right? And I, it was like you only walk out on a windy day and the wind catches you. Yeah. Yeah. I nearly shot myself on the stage. But anyway, so I started singing. Now, I was used to singing in places like Vicker Street where I'm as close as you are to the audience. Mm. The nearest audience person was like the width of a Street away from me. And it's hard to connect, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember thinking, this is poxy. you know what I mean? This, yeah. it's not. So I found, right? So music at its purest form is when you're sitting in your house. On a Christmas, and you're singing ballads or something. Yeah. You know, that's are sitting around Intimate. the fire when you're locked when you're a youngster. <clears throat> you do know you get a few flagons of cider, but you don't get flagons, bottles of cider, and you'd be sitting around singing. And that's music as that pure as form. The further you get from that, the more insincere it becomes. It becomes about commerciality and money and all that bollocks. But the artistic payback is not there. Do you know what I mean? So that's why Ed Sheeran's doing Vickers Street and Wheelands, because when he's doing the, 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 the Crow Park, that's good for the spondulics like, and for the ego. It's not good for the artistic merit mm. because he's not getting fuck all out of them. So he does Vicar Street as an artist. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because mm. yeah. that's where you get the vibe. Like I, I, I'd, I'd prefer to do a gig in Vicar Street than, than Crow, Crow Park any fucking day. You yeah. know? And we're doing we're doing the three arena in fucking September. But we're only doing it because this is our 40th anniversary. And it's like a celebration kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. But like I wouldn't be doing it. We we'd rather do six Vicar Streets. Than the one. one like uh, if money
0: wasn't involved, all these artists would rather pick the Vicar Street,
2: you're yeah. saying, crowd park. Absolutely, yeah, it's all yeah. about money. And it's not, see, what happens is you become an employee because Ed Sheeran has a record that they're spending two million on and they want that two million back. Yeah. So you get out there and gig them songs because he's that's yeah. like an advertisement for his album. That's all that's about, you know what I mean? But he, yeah. as an artist, he wouldn't be getting his jack out of that. You know? There you go. Uh, that's though.
0: Yeah, there's you a little know, insight that. for you. Yeah, because <laughs> I've never, I've obviously thought about it, but I'm not in that much detail. Mm. And then I'm like, yeah, that makes so much sense. You get me? Yeah, the zinger results, anyways. Yeah, yeah. actually, you mentioned before I get into the zinger results, you mentioned the Beatles there, Jordan. yeah. Mm. tangent. Yeah, Calvin's not the biggest fan of the Beatles. Do, think think they're they're operated.
2: Operated. What do you think? Oh, Jesus, no. No, no, think Oasis yeah. are a better band. Oh, no, it wouldn't be an Oasis if it wasn't a Beatles. Someone said that to me as well. Yeah, I'll tell you now, right? See. In a hundred years' time, if we come back to Earth, right, the Beatles would be like the Mozart of Earth times. Do you know what I mean? They took a Mozart and Beethoven. Yeah. The Beatles are that. That's how good they are. Because you have to understand that at that time, right, so El, uh, Frank Sinatra was top of the pops, right, and then Elvis came along, and I was like, what the fuck? Do you know what I mean? He's a jailhouse rock and all that shit, right? So then that was the fucking top of the pops. And then the Beatles came along, and it was it was no longer going uh, one, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. It was none of that. The Beatles, all these lovely melodies and choruses and all that. And it just changed the whole face of music. Do you know what I mean? That's why the Beatles are so good. And like, I wouldn't be a musician if it wasn't for the Beatles. Mm. Because it's just, you know, you know what it's like it's like? It's like fucking Grand Prix racing, right? When I used to watch Grand Prix racing, I said, what the fuck, they're going, you know, but then I started watching it, right? So we'd done a gig in Canada a few years ago, and I met a bloke called Jack Villeneuve, who was a Grand Prix racer from Canada, right? So I got into it then, and then I started watching it, right? So when I watched it one particular year, right? So say there's 20 races in the Grand Prix in a year, right? So there's 20 races, and each race would be about 100 miles, right? So there's 20 races at 100 miles the difference between the first and the second players in, in, in the, at the end of the championship was a half a second. Mm. Now, they've done 50,000 miles. What's that? 50,000 fucking, 50,000 miles in a car. So two cars were traveling 50,000 miles, changing tires, changing petrol, and it was a second. In the, do you know what I mean? That's, That's men- phenomenal. So the point I'm making is, when you get into the fucking, the what's, what's, the what's actually details, evolved, yeah. then you see, And with the Beatles, if you don't just look at it on a commercial thing, mm. you don't just look at it on. See, you're you're looking at the, you're looking at the Oasis, in, in a twenty fourth century fucking kaleidoscope. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So that's what you see, and that's what you see. i I mean, don't get me wrong. The Oasis are amazing. Mm. The fuck, one of the best bands in the last twenty years. Every twenty years, a band comes out like Oasis. You had Nirvana, the Oasis. Like every so often, there's a great band comes out, and the rest of, the rest of them are just good. You know, they're okay yeah. and stuff. But the Beatles as I said, if you start looking into what, they actually, what they've actually done musically, I mean, it's like if you're in music, into music yeah. and you look at what they've done, you know, the guitar playing, the, the way you go from a chorus. So when you're doing a chorus, for example, when you go from a verse to a chorus in a song, right? so you know this is the song we have. Yeah. These are the hands of a tired man. Right? So what you want to do is you want to go from your verse to your chorus. With, with, with they were seen the, 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 the stitch marks, do you know what I mean? So if you look at that, uh, it's uh, just look out and realize everybody hits you. With. So it's just like a step, realize everybody, get into the chorus, do you know what I mean? The Beatles, they they, they made that, yeah, the, the thing, do you know what I mean? So it wasn't going, I was walking down the street and then it the goes, oh, the, do you know what I mean? It wasn't going, big fucking yeah. jump from the face to the chorus. Do you know, it's all subtle and fucking. That's why the Beatles are so good, and the reason Oasis are so good is because they study the Beatles. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. So that's why. That's why you can't say the Oasis are better than the Beatles. Because yeah. if, to me, it's like I remember walking up O'Connell up Grant Street one day, and there was a bloke had drawn the Mona Lisa in the, in chalk. And I swear to Jesus, if you got the Mona Lisa and put it, you wouldn't tell the difference. It was like fucking amazing, right? It's easy to copy art, but it's not easy to come up with it. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean. It's not easy to come up it's like you'll get somebody that can sing exactly like Rod Stewart in a tribute band or exactly like fucking whoever the Oasis in his tribute. But getting them to write an Oasis song. Get bad? them to write a song as good as Wonderwall. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Can't do it. Yeah. So that's your opinion on the Beatles, anyway. <laughs> <isn't it>? yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I hate the Beatles.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, the a results for the uh yo, 62% of that of the 20th century. And uh Forty-eight
2: percent would rather yeah. the 24th century so that's, if, that's if, the see the 60s felt. and the 70s and all, the music was brilliant it was yeah look I remember because see again back then you, you didn't have all that MTV business and all that you have now the constant 24 hour music mm. yeah, the top of the pops was on once a week on a Thursday night and everybody like you go out on a Thursday night it was like Ireland were playing in the World Cup final nobody would be on the fucking streets you know what I mean yeah. everybody was watching it and those certain radio stations would play the top 10 or the top 40 Radio Luxembourg when they played the top four, then everybody would be in that night listening to see what was number one for next week. I we used to listen to see the what their album number one. Mm. You wouldn't know until you listened to the fucking radio, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. when you're releasing them, you're shitting, you're waiting for it. Because it's like getting a baby and throwing her out there and you're saying, people are going, you see that baby, that's the ugliest baby I ever saw. Everybody yeah, yeah. slapping the face to you. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, so it's show you, So you're waiting and you're hoping the record's going to be received. Well. Mm. No, at the end of the day, I don't need really to give a bollocks. Do you know what I mean? Because if it's not if it's sure, I wouldn't put it out there in the first place. Yeah, you back. And I, it. I like it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And that's that's I, I never I didn't start out I didn't start out to be a millionaire. Do you know what I mean? I didn't start out in this business. I find in the music business, right? At 18, and you have all these ideals. Do you know what I mean? And I used to listen to music, and I think that's fucking shit. you know? What I could do better than that. So that's where I got into music. Plus, I, I always wanted to be a singer anyway, right? So then you get into the music business and you realise you have to do certain things, right? So you have all these ideals, what you want to do. And, you know, I, I never wanted to sing about Mary met Johnny in the disco and he fell in love. I didn't want to write songs about that. So I wanted to write songs with social fucking comment in them and stuff like that. So when I heard Bob Dylan... I
1: thought it literally took the words of my mouth. Bob Dylan, was yeah. that? Yeah.
2: So when I heard him, I was like, oh, holy shit, you can write songs that mean shit, you know what I mean? Anyway, so you're going along as an 18 with all these ideals and stuff. And then you realise to get to the next step, you have to compromise a bit of your ideal and a bit of yourself, right? So if you're somebody like Ronan Keaton, for example, I know I like Ronan, a nice bloke and all that, but they can compromise that bollocks away, do you know what I mean, to get to where you get it. I reach points throughout my career, I can't do that shit, I can't do that. I couldn't step on my mother to make a number one album, you know, I know blokes that would kick the shit out of my mother mm. to have a number one record, do you know what I mean? And it's not. I'm not saying Ronald Keaton to do that, but there are certain individuals in this country.
0: Yeah. For example,
2: you look at a boy band. All the, they're singing other people's songs. They're getting the top producer in to play a song that was already a hit twenty fucking years ago. Do you know what I mean? So there's no. no what's the, what's that about? That's you know. Yeah. That's like that's like me getting that's like me getting Maradona, getting his trainers and all his fucking coaches and getting to coach me. You know, for a, and then going out and playing like Maradona. Yeah. Do you know what? I mean? it's bollocks Be yourself. Yeah. Be something, bring something new to the fucking table. Originality. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like this podcast. The reason this podcast looks successful is successful because it's different than all the other shit that's out there. not I'll show you some good podcasts out there, but it's different. That's what gives it its fucking flavour. That's what gives it its, its value. And if you're going to be the same, what's the fucking point? What yeah. is the fucking point? So as I said, I reached certain things where I couldn't compromise. I just, I can't fucking do that. You know, other people can do it. They don't care. They don't care that they're singing somebody else's hit. They don't care that they're not adding anything to music. They don't care that in 50 years time, people never remember them. Like I know now, this is crazy. Well, those songs will be remembered, do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? When I'm long, and dead and gone. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that to me is more means more than nothing. I'd rather be successful in Ireland and not the rest of the world than successful in the rest of the world and not in Ireland. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'd much prefer because, you know, Irish people, they don't suffer fools gladly. If you're shy, they'll tell you in the heart. Yeah. and that's the great thing about Dublin. Dublin people, they'll do it with humour, but they'll tell you if you're shy. They tell you, and that's what that's what made us great. And we that don't mean made us. That's what made us uh, to keep our standards up, because you do a gig and you have a bloke that you grew up with, Christy I heard the new song. Yeah, fucking winecock. You know, you know what I mean. So all you say, I oh, can't let that happen. So I, I yeah. you keep my standards up. So nobody could come to me and say. You can say I don't like that song, but you couldn't say it was a shit song. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So that drove you. That
2: that's what drives that, you. Yeah. 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 So I can't. You know. You can't. You can't. There's no point. You know. What's the point in doing something? So what's point? In, what's point in drawing the fucking Mona Lisa in Crown Street? Do you know what I mean? It's already for a few coppers. Do you know what I mean? If that's what you're in it for. But mm. well, you're in it for art or for but to make music and to make people appreciate that. You. You know. Look, like I've dedicated my life to fucking music. Do you know what I mean? And people see that. And, like, it, the reason we get a lot of credit is because we persevered through thick and thin. We should have split up years ago with the shit that we've gone. We've been in a plane crash. We've gone through drug addictions, fucking cancer. You know all the things that's happened to us over the years? Should have been dead fucking years ago. Mm-hmm. Didn't know you were in a plane crash. I've to listen to this, right? We <laughs> were playing down a fucking... Uh, down in um, Sligo, right? 22nd of November. It was a real stormy day. So we were flying down. I'm in a thing called a Fokker 50, it's a propeller plane with about 50 people in it, right? So me and Billy are sitting at the wing, <coughs> right? And the emergency door was right at the wing there, right? So you order not ready to give you the card to raise. Yeah. To, to, so they gave us another card to show how to open the door if, if you had a plane crash, right? So we're going down, we're flying in, and the plane is going all over the place, right? So Billy's sitting beside me, I oh, can't even hold that together, Captain, she's breaking up. You know, Star Trek, yeah. you know, the Scottish fellow, started. And he's giving all this audio, and flipping on the tongue, bleeding cups and all that on the plane because he was freaking them out because we were hitting turbulence, right? Anyway, you know, when a plane comes in, it lands like that. Yeah. This plane came in, so no, when we came forced. through the clouds. Usually you come through the clouds and you've got about still a mile to go. We come through the clouds about fucking 10 yards between the cloud and the floor, and the ground, right? So when the plane came in, it come in like that, and the wheels, we're looking out at the wheels under the wing, and the wheels just exploded, right? Just burst, and they start wrapping around, you know, the tire wrapping yeah. around the wheel. Cause, so next minute, in, in, in this uh, Strand Hill Airport, down Sligo, so the, the runway is like that, and there's grass, and then there's grass to there, so about 20 feet, and then it's the ocean, right? Like a cliff into the ocean, right? So the plane goes off into the grass and then all the mucks starts flying up. And I'm looking out the window and everything goes into slow motion. And I start thinking, this is not a car. This is a fucking airplane. We're going to fucking die here. Yeah. And everybody just went silent. The only thing they'd everybody screaming and all. They weren't. real quiet, right? So I'm looking. So next minute the plane comes up, goes over and then straight into the fucking water, right? So the top of the plane, about the first three rows was underwater. And we were, at the, we were up at the wing. So we we're in the middle of the plane. So it was about... Five seats and then the water, so the first two or three seats run down. The, the pilot's not on the work, So anyway, me and Billy's trying to open the door really, to get fucking out of this show because it stopped at this stage. The air hostess is on her hands and knees because the plane is on a list like this. It's like that, actually. So the plane is like that, yeah, and she's crawling on her hands and knees up the middle aisle trying to get to us. And she goes, no, no. I was like, fuck, <laughs> I'm getting the fucking propeller is right outside, the emergency door. Still spinning. Jumped out with the bleeding being chopped to bits. I said, Who the fuck is on this plane? Why are you supposed to wait if the plane's on fire? I said, not wait, the fucking fire is out. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so anyway, listen, right? So we, we all get out of the plane. We're standing, trying to get out of the plane. Next minute, it was like really something our father told, right? This high van comes up. And you know an aluminium ladder that you clean the windows? One of them on the roof. That was the fucking emergency car, right? Coming up, and there was a door on the back of the plane. up It took us about 20 minutes to get out of the plane, right? Because all the old people and all. And I remember thinking, if this plane was on fire, be fucked. Like all that reading of the car, it's all bollocks. It's talking bollocks. <laughs> because you'd never, like, you know, you couldn't get out of the plane quick enough, do you know? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we all get out of the plane, and that was grand. So then all the news and all is there, six o'clock now come up. it it in a crash? I was not in all this, so the Owen was giving out to Billy then because it it's, 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 it's your fault with your fucking breaking up shit and all Yeah, the ones are saying. Right? So that night we went for a meal before, the, we still done the gig that night, <laughs> but before the gig we went for a meal and this crowd of owls Owen's came in, they're sitting on a table beside us and I could see them looking over at us, do you know what I mean? And they obviously watched me looking at the news that day and this Owen comes over to me and she says a lottery ticket. son you wouldn't rub that for us would you please? They lucky past. passed. How yeah, well lucky you are, yeah. <laughs> right, so listen, to you, it gets better then, right? So about two weeks later, we're flying from Manchester to Glasgow, right? So we're in the plane, and next to we're only taking off in Manchester, and your man says, we're oh, fucking, uh, we have to turn around, something around the plane, just don't panic and all this bollocks, right? So we plane playing, and we're coming back into Manchester, and I looked down in Manchester, room and it was fucking four brigades all the way up the runway with our lights and all oh, I'm saying He's saying not to worry. They something wouldn't be wrong, fucking yeah. there if they're not to worry. Yeah. But what happened in the end was the computer had gone, so we were flying everything himself, which they don't usually do. They usually just put on autopilot, yeah. the it flies itself. Anyway, that's what was wrong. So the plane landed, it was grand. We all got over, so you know they'd bring into the VIP lounge to wait to get on another plane, right? So yeah. there was these three outlets beside us at a table. Like, you look like businessmen. I said you are fucking salesman or something like that. Anyway... I was kind of saying to the air hostess, "You're not gonna fucking believe it." I said, "We were in Ireland last two weeks ago. It's been a fucking plane crash." <laughs> I said, "Now we're on this. there's a plane crash. You don't really fucking mad." So then, about an hour later, come in he's going re- you can reboard, get back on the plane. So as i was getting back on the plane, I seen these three outlets shouting at the fucking air hostess. We had a big, big row going on. I was kind of the really nosy bastard yeah. trying to find out what was wrong, couldn't sus it. So off we went. Got on the plane. We were flying back to flying out to Glasgow. So, the air hostess coming around them with this shit, you know. So, I was come here, I seen them out, I was giving out. I was, What's the story with them? She said, they wouldn't go on a flight with us. They said, she's a jinx bastard. The three of them, because we were, guys, the I heard us talking about the crash we were in last week. So, we're not getting on a flight with them. They're fucking jinxed. <laughs> they wouldn't go on the flight with us. So,
1: so uh, two and two weeks. <gasps> two and two weeks. Yeah. Do, you know, uh, do you know Hulk Hogan, the wrestler? Yes. He was in three playing crashes. And every single time he was in it, he had uh, red jocks and red socks on. So every time he gets on a plane now, yeah, he wears red jocks that. and socks.
2: He shouldn't because he, he crashed. Wear he wears them, yeah. But he shouldn't. He thinks that good look. <laughs> no, that bad luck. he crashed
1: three times. <laughs> three <points>. times, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: folks, they're going to be wearing blue jocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's mad, isn't it? So that's what I'm saying, you know.
1: That's that mad because you say the odds on you bleeding. You say you've got a chance dying on the way to the yeah. airport than in the plane crash, and well, you weren't even twice forward, in two yeah, weeks. I rang okay. I'm
2: not going to believe. I'm on the runway. You, so you're not going to believe that I've been in a place. I Will you fuck off, you dope? I <laughs> I so to God, i have been in a plane crash. I'll get you a po- photograph of the plane. Hold on. Go on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you <laughs> talk around. I'll get a we'll photo. Carry on. Uh, when was the last? So, you had Christie on last year. Yeah, when last year? <laughs> you March. March last year because uh, ball, yeah when we we forgot the mics oh, the well, tell yeah, us yeah, what yeah. happened
0: tell, tell them what happened because I gave me a stick about we're all bleeding down. it's not me you Christy the second we seen Christy we were like oh, how's it going Christy it's good to see you again you, you, you cunts forgot the mics the last time and lifting us over so uh, what happened we went up to the gaff
1: to do a podcast into uh, Christy's, Christy's gaff can, he lives in uh, Malahoe yeah, the big huge gaff in Malahoe <laughs> just behind <laughs> the shelters buttocks. yeah <laughs> And uh, we had the box of equipment. Yeah, we had the stands and all in it. But for some reason, the mics weren't in the box. So I just grabbed the box out of the gaff, put it in the car and drove up. And then the mics weren't in it. So I had the blade and rip back into town and uh, get them.
0: But what and we were go- saying is you can forget a stand. You can forget this fucking mics. Like- I was
2: thinking, all the gear we carry around us as a band, you carry amplifiers, guitars, drums, lights, lights stands, mics, I we never forget that. And you had one thing to bring—a fucking microphone—and
1: you just forgot it. Like, these are <laughs> two wankers. But you said his wrenches were good in the end. but uh, It was the week of April Fools. Because remember, I, it was to go out on April. Oh, was Fills. it? Yeah. And I rang him. I goes, "That episode's had to get deleted." And he goes, "What? Fucking Chris is taking them on you had to delete the episodes I go "Nothing we can do. We're not even going to be able to do it again." He said, Oh it "More, I <laughs> wasn't there, oh, Aaron. More, I wasn't having any." Oh, here we go. I've got a phone. Fo- here we go. I've got a photo out of the Give us a gander. Right, this thing's going to look like a can of coke I stood on. <laughs> so there's the plane. See the cliff? Focke there? The,
2: the, hell. in. are pulling it back a bit, you know what I mean? So we're here at the wings, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's the propellers are on the wings. See the propeller there? So see look, a, it's it's the ocean the, there? Look. Yeah. <laughs> so they literally just pulled that out there? Yeah, see, now, see, see the tide has gone out now, do you know what I mean? But so the tide was in. Yes, and that was down because he pulled it, had to drag it back in a bit.
1: So for people listening, yes. So the plane's hanging off a cliff. The nose of the plane is in the water, but the tide has gone out. And then the back of the plane is proper up in the air. About, yeah, it's about 15 foot off the ground. Boy. Hell. Great for it great to survive it. Yeah, great to be able to tell the story yeah. But uh, how, how unlucky just, you were to I'm be in a blade crash For fuck's sake
2: fuck <laughs> If I crash again I will
1: the same Yeah, so anyways uh, The episode went out We were up in your gaff, Yeah, Thanks for having us up there But then we brought you in here to the studio Yeah,
2: it's all posh now And in case you don't know I oh, met the lads the first time The lads were like two tramps from the inner yeah. city They're all cor- corporate makeover now With lovely haircuts all Nike gear on them, really. Oh, they
1: look deadly. <laughs> I'm sure this is how we dressed the last <laughs> time you're up, you're to... you were up. are messing.
0: <laughs> we had tracks, yeah. It? But it's great,
2: it's great. You know, as I said, it's better. I know how hard it is for working class people to be successful around because we're educated. You know, when we go to school, we're educated to be carpenters or mechanics or electricians. If are really clever, if really, really clever, we'll get a job in the civil service in the tax office. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, because they we're don't work to be successful. <laughs> You know, and that's honest to God, that's it, happens right. So, when we are successful, we I know what we have to do to, to, to get that. And people on the south side say, Ah, shut up you wind your winds and bar, but they don't realize it because they're coming from a different place. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. And we used Definitely. to see it, you know, because I remember there was a team with us on the flowers years ago. And anytime we tried to get out on the on the RTA, the flowers would get it, you know, because they, they were the south side, yeah. Guys, you know? We, had, we were like Northside scumbags in between Robin cars and mugging hell once we wrote the old song kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Honest to God. And I know you used to be getting that as well because you're a working class. Mm-hmm. It's hard, you know. So, you know, killed us us for the owner. Nice no, one, Christy. But look at what you're up against. Look at the amount of podcasts out there. It's like our business, the amount of records. I guy's talking about your man getting that record, they probably get a thousand records a week. That's one of the DJs here in the radio station. So how did they decide what records to play, do you know what I mean? Mm. So that's where they end up playing Ed Sheeran. Well, that's Gavin James, that worked last week, so we tried to play that, you know
0: what I mean? Mm.
2: You can't really blame them, but it's just shit, you know what I mean? It's yeah. Shit for bands like us. Yeah.
0: Right, <laughs> anyways, how's the health? How's things with you since the
2: last one? Grand, yeah, it's still the same. So I have two cancers, and if one's not, if one's not playing up, the other one is, you know what I mean? One's called amyloidosis, and the other's called One's a blood, that's a blood cancer. And the other one is a bone cancer called multiple myeloma. But I'm constantly on treatment, you know what I mean? So that's I just get on with it. Because what I do is I try and pretend there's nothing wrong with me. And then when something comes that debilitates me, I deal with it that day, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. otherwise, because the way I was looking at it is, right, I was given six months to live eight years ago. Patrick's day, Patrick's day, eight years ago, I got diagnosed. And when I came out of hospital, so I was in the hospital for about six months. When I came out, so six months after that, which would have been, September or November or something. Anyway, what he said, look, you about six months tops if you've on your book list, do you know what I mean? Anyway, that was eight years ago. So if I'd have took their word, I'd have worried that those six yeah. months and had a fucking nightmare every time. But what I did was, fuck it, I left and I haven't got cancer and I'm still here, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the way I looked at it was, if I did die under six months, I would have had a shit time if I worried about it or else I'd have had a good time and still died. It didn't change the outcome. Do you know what I mean? And that's the way I still think, look, look at it today. I don't try I, try, I try and look at it half full as perhaps half empty. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, optimistic about what's it. What's the point in being miserable? Did you do anything about, see, when he said the bucket
2: list, did you do anything that was on your bucket list or anything like that? I've not on my bucket list. I couldn't, couldn't think about it. I swear. I'm not, I'm not giving it the big one that I've done everything. I haven't done everything. Will you shift my friend with Graham and Nathan a Go Golight Original? Go
1: Will you shift? Will you shift, my friend? Kiss. Shift? Snog. Shift, meet. Score. Shift? Wear the face. Oh, shift. Will you shift, my friend? The new podcast by us, Graham and Nathan, where we talk to your favourite personalities
2: all about shifting, like Greg O'Shea, James Kavanaugh, and Justine Stafford.
0: Oh, tonsil tennis!
2: No, we're, we're sticking with shift.
0: Subscribe to this podcast for free
1: on the GoLight app.
0: Look, you were touching on the day a minute ago, you made a, a laugh and a joke, but since... Uh when we did your podcast, well, when you come on to this podcast the first time, yeah. we got loads of messages of people about the way it opened up, about drug addiction. Now I don't want to get mad deep and all real real quick, boys, yeah? But uh what advice would you give to younger people who are in addiction? Because we've a lot of people who right. text us and they reach out and they say, look, Do you I'm, know what I'm happens, struggling. Right? Here. Do you know what happens
2: to kids, right? I think. So people talk about addiction, right? And they say, look, if you don't get drug addict, don't get addicted, because this is, you know. You don't start off with a needle in your arm and a, laying off O'Connell Street. When you take a it force, it's lovely. That's why you keep going back to it. But people don't say that. So what happens is kids take heroin and be like, this is actually great. This is lovely. I'm not sitting in a fucking piss pot in fucking O'Connell Street. They, they were all lying, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You have to educate them what, you know, it is a lovely drug and that's why people keep going back to it. But it's what the consequence of it is. Do you know what I mean? You see, drug addiction is all about feelings. So basically, you wake, I was fucking raped twice when I was a kid. Right, when I was six, and when I was nine by two different people. So when you have all that shit going on in your head, to me it was like you know when you're hungry, you've got this kind of hole. You know that non feeling when you're yeah. starving. I had that all my life, but when I took her on the first day, it was gone. Do you know what I mean? I thought this is how you woke up this morning. This is how everybody else feels. This is just normal. It's normal, yeah. I didn't feel stoned at all. Over. So that's the vibe. So, But it's what it costs you, do you know what I mean? It's what you end up down there, do you know what I mean? You end up, I remember banging up in my neck in a bray, you know, in the Jackson bray, because there's no veins left, you know, banging into my fucking jugular vein. It's, it's just a nightmare getting chased with shotguns, you know. I remember pulling up a flat and the other bloke for an ounce of gear, and he was actually being locked up, so I never paid him for it because he got locked up about two days later. And he got out, say, a year later, and I was going off another bloke, and he was in his flat, so when I pulled up, your man ran out and chased him up the road with a shotgun. So just all that shit, you know what I mean? I wouldn't be able to do it now. I remember I was in New York, right? And uh, I, was going down, I was going down to score and uh, I had to do it had about eight, 900 dollars in my pocket. And this bloke came up, he looked like Mike Tyson. Black bloke, muscles on him and all boys. Scars all over his face in the blanket. He said, I'm hurting, man, I'm hurting, you got $10, I had to give me something, you know. So I looked at him I said, yeah. so I pulled out about a grand out of my pocket. I was going to give him $50, you know. Dope. The man seeing the money, he, fucking, he just pulled out of my shitty yeah. and started running at me, do you know what I mean? And I just threw a few notes on him and he kind of distracted him on my leg. He to, you know? Anyway, another, there's another one, right. I'm sco- Can I tell these stories? These are hard these like fucking stories now. Well, so I'm in yeah. New York, right? And uh, I'm scaring off this bloke. So i him when I done that. I was Andrew's liver cells and sizzling on my tongue, right? So I went away and he started running. So I started chasing him. He was ripping so, it. Yeah, he was ripping me, right? Yeah. So I'm chasing him and I'm running into projects in New York, in Alphabet City it's called. So it's like Ballymun of New York. So I'm chasing him for about three or four minutes. And I'm the only white bloke in this area, right? So as I'm getting nearer to him, I'm saying, What am I gonna do if I catch this fucker? Yeah. Yeah. And the two of us stopped. He must have said, why am I running from this prick for? Yeah. <laughs> it was like something out with Benny Hill. He turned around, he's chasing me out of the place. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so you know, so it can be a nightmare. It's a nightmare of a lifestyle. I wouldn't recommend it for anybody. I'm lucky. I would say out of everybody that I knew using it when I started, are either dead now or they're in prison. And the only reason they're not dead is because you got a reprieve when you were in prison and you kind of cleaned that act up a bit. But you know, I really really Willow, you know, I met Willow on Mount Choy. We we're doing a gig in Mount Choy. And I remember saying to Tony on the way out, I said, see Willow, I said, next time we, we hear his name, it's my funeral. He's fucked. And he turned his life around. He he is a poster child for rehabilitation and drug. Mm-hmm. He was at the bottom of the barrel, you know what I mean? And look at him now, he's a, and a brilliant bloke as well. But you can't come out of it, you know, so don't ever give up hope, do you yeah. know what I mean? no matter how bad you are, but don't let it get you there, don't go there, do you know what I mean? And people say, I remember somebody saying to me, well it's not as bad as drink, you know hash, talking about hash, because I started off in hash like most people, not as bad as hash, who bleed and drinks a pint of beer with our breakfast, do you know what I mean? But you smoke a joint at their breakfast and they go, oh, it's not as bad as gargle,
1: mm.
2: bollocks. You know, the happiest moments I've had in my life when I sober, like now, do you know what I mean? When you're drugged up, you just don't feel. Any, it's like you get on an anesthetic, you don't feel anything. Do you know what I mean? It's poxy. It's a horrible life, and it's just, it's just bad. You know, should just you see, climb the lowest drugs, Chris. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah so. Of mm. course you should, because there's a thing they done in Portugal, right? So what he did was, yeah. the prime minister got in, he decriminalized everything, right? So all the money they were spending on on uh, the locking people up, system, yeah, yeah, the police and the prison system, all of that money they got. And they gave micro loans to, to addicts who, who are recovering and had the ideas. Because a lot of addicts are very um, artistic are very, you have, you know, yeah, they're they, intellectual. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've never met an evil addict, really. They're just people that are fucked up psychologically and mentally. Do you know what I mean? And the drugs then fucked them up more, you know. But anyway, so just like giving all these recovering addicts micro loans, you know. Now, you would think after decriminalizing it, they'll go through the roof, the addiction rates, 50 percent drop. In, in, in heroin addiction in Portugal, after they've done this. So you can go out in the street and buy heroin, yeah, less people are doing it. Because the whole taboo and the whole thing has gone off it now, do you know what I mean? It's like buying a, a, a bar of chocolate, do you know what I mean? So people, it's not a big deal. Because when we took heroin first, I was smoking hash, I was going off this looking up in Mount um, Pleasant flats at the time, they're gone now. But I went in one day, I said, no hash, I've got skag here. And I was afraid to say, what skag? Because I didn't know what skag was. Mm. So he gave me a bindle of heroin. And I remember looking at what I got for a tenner, you what I got for a hash for a tenner. I was going, that comes out to rip me up, you know. But I, and then, so I didn't even know what heroin was, do you know what I mean? Because back in the 80s, we didn't have, we didn't have peers, we didn't have people before us. Do you know, we were the kind of first generation yeah. of you know, people that are using heroin. Like the kids today can look at the likes of us who are, you know, fucked up their lives over. So I'd say, like, we'd probably been a lot more successful as a band,
0: had I not got into addiction. Yeah, live with a load of regrets over that. No. No, that's right. I don't want to regret
2: nothing, yeah. because I'm happy where I'm at, you know what yeah. I mean? to change that in growing up? No. Not, not a thing? Not nothing at all. Because even the addiction thing, because it brought me where I am today, and it's, you know, you see, I don't like saying that, because it makes it feel like it's a good thing to do. It's not. But yeah. it, was a, it was an amazing education, do you know what I mean, of life, and I've seen a side of life that I would have never seen, do you know what I mean? Now, the, the price is very high for it, and it's very risky, do you mm. know what I mean? I could have ended up dead if I was doing it today, I'd be dead because today the they shoot you for 20 euros. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. like back then there was a little bit of less, less kind of evil in it, do you know what I mean? But it's just gone horrible now, you know. And the kids now, if you owe somebody 100 euros, they'll shoot you, or if they owe you 100 euros, they'll shoot you. Do you know what I mean? You can't, they're watching the police as well.
1: Something that we were talking about, you know, you'd see people and uh addiction services in this country they like check boxes as well because it's like. You'd see somebody, they'd be facing a sentence, but then they go up before a judge and be like, oh, he's in recovery, but he's not really in recovery. He's still using yeah. It's just a checkbox to say, like, oh, he's actually doing well. The umpire is still strung
2: out. I was talking to a counselor last week, right? And <laughs> we were talking about Fingless. So I have this other man who used to be a counselor in Ballymorne, right? And he'd have given her up because he said before he'd, he'd be going into a flat, right? And of so people that would be using, right? And he'd said, you know, you probably have, wouldn't have much grub on the table. He's now he's going in, he do not have any lights. He's not as machetes on the table because they're afraid some because they're all on crack now and the crack is even worse than the heroin, right? But so he gave up counseling because of it. But this other fellow was just saying to me that he'd be ringing the methadone clinic in Finglas, in, in right? And say, Right, John Smith wants to get off the, her- the methadone. So uh, I want to put him into So we need a reference to put him into such and such a clinic. The doctor in the clinic is saying, No. If you, if, eat, if you take him off his methadone, he'll end up back on gear and then he'll kill himself or he'll smug somebody. So we're keeping him on the methadone. Now, see what methadone, I think. So the, the pharmaceuticals, for years, were looking at a drug making billions in the country, in the world. And they weren't making any money of it. Now with methadone, they're in the market. Now they're saying. So they're saying Are they're you telling me they can't make a methadone that's not addictive? Mm-hmm. They can't make something to take it off heroin that's not addictive. That they can give you for three weeks and you're off the heroin and you're not strung out on methadone. Mm.
1: Do you know what I mean? Of course you could Penny, do it. Brian Penny said about methadone, you just you don't, don't live, you just exist on yeah. it. He was saying.
2: Now, it, it is a good thing if you genuinely genuine when you want to stop because, like, I went over to Thailand. Oh, Jesus, man, I, want to see. I went over to a Buddhist monastery, no methadone, no nothing. She used to give you a drink. All these, we the about 20 of us kneeling in a row, right? And we, she, these monks to come, they give you this little drink the black, this black gear, which made all different hair, things, and you drink it. And everybody had a bucket of water beside them with a ladle, right? So these buses would pull in, all these skilled kids, and they come out with their cameras. And they're all taking photographs. This is what you end up like if you're an addict, right? Mm. So we drink this thing, and then we drink the water, and then you're vomiting, vomiting, like projectile vomiting, to get the toxins out of your body. No, no methadone, no, no. Hardcore, that's that's how I try to, to, to come off the gear. Mm. But, it's very hard. It's tough. Like, I remember I had to sign a form to say that if I do it, the would that wasn't their responsibility. And a man said, he used to come into me in the and put a mirror in front of me to see if I was still alive. Because if you didn't think you were going to make it, you were that fucking bad when you came in. So methadone makes it easier. If you do it right, do you know what I mean? To come up. But what they're doing now, they're putting them on maintenance courses where you're just giving methadone for the rest of your life kind of thing. Now, if you want to stay off heroin, and you can do it and you can make a stable life out of it. Do you know what I mean? Because you, be, you don't be mad stoned on it, yeah. methadone. Do you know what I mean? And it is the better of two evils, but it's still an evil. Yeah. But it's the better of the two evils, And it is a good way of cushioning the withdrawal of the heroin. If it's done right, you know. But you need... It's not just a methadone. You need a lot of heavy counselling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you see... What happens is, when you come off the heroin, you're back to where you were when you started. Before. Yeah. Well, so why did you take man. it? Yeah. You need to sort that out. So it's a
1: lot more than just substance abuse. When, when it's you out, yeah, you yeah. need to
2: sort out where you took it in Go the back first that place. Empty fluid, because yeah. that feeling that you fucking took it for is going to come back to you. Yeah. So you need to sort that feeling out. And you need to wake up in the morning and be happy enough in your skin that you don't need to take that. So I mean, like, oh, that's all I need today, And cigarette. I shouldn't even smoke cigarettes, but that's a bottle of water and cigarettes. Because... Yeah, you just have a better life. It's, you know, I can sit here. And I'm not thinking, oh, Jesus, I wish Jesus would have to get out and score. I remember, like, we be, be, I thought you about the Man United thing. We'd be doing gigs and stuff or rehearsing. That's why I, I was from now about nine years ago because I'd be sick and I'd go to rehearsal or go to get gear. What's, who's going to win? Hmm. Rehearsal go, fuck itself. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm going to get, now, as soon as I got to gear, I'd be oh, yeah, So, how used to remind me of, uh, this is what I felt like. You know, a hamster on one of those rings, right? So I'm on the fucking wheel and I'm flying right. And I take the heroin and it slows down and then I can rehearse and I can do it right. But then the heroin wears off and the wheel starts spinning again. Yeah, and that's constant for fucking years and years. And it's just, it's just, it's just fucked up, you know? Yeah. I don't you don't need it.
0: It's yeah, sad where it
2: can bring you, but even just it is sad about, uh, and the families are devastated.
0: You know that, that that's a thing. Man. It's Not,
2: it's not just you that deteriorates It the families. The you know what killed me, right? So, what well, I told you, I was right. You know, so what yeah. happened to this bloke fucking, he sent me up for a bottle of coke, and then when I came back, he brought me and he, he stripped, me took my laces out, tied me to a chair, and fucking lashed me. Out. I was only six at the time, right? So he had an orgasm that day, right? That's what, that's what this was all about. His orgasm has rippled into me right all the damage I done to all the band by not being who I should have been all of their families were affected all because he had one one orgasm yeah Mm. you know what I'm saying through Mm. the years all the damage that has done do you know what I mean it's fucking
0: it's fucking horrible
2: Mm. it's fucked up man
0: but uh, you mentioned the rehab centre yeah Yeah. like I have have, uh, a mate of mine come up to me and he told me he was going into rehab and he was looking forward to getting off the stuff and whatever and I said, fair play, they will be the best thing you'll ever do, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I seen him a couple of weeks later and I said, help me out already. He said, I was in there, people selling drugs, people doing drugs. They're only in there to reduce, checkbox. the sentence Ooh. or get off yeah. with the sentence, get yeah. a suspended job. But
2: there are, some, there are some good ones. You know? Yeah, well, that, no, there is, but what, what I
0: think is they should have a rehab for people who are facing sentences yeah. and, uh, and a rehab for people who are Absolutely. not up in court.
2: But that's what I'm saying about it's disgraceful, the, 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 the recovery programs that are out there mm. they're so little of them. and the people that are doing them do have their best interests at heart but they're working under very fucking stress, yeah. you know uh, circumstances and it's tough you know you're right you're bang on right what you're saying it's 100% percent should do similar to what you do in the Mount Joy so I used to go into Mount Joy to do gigs I well, went there to do gigs so I remember getting off at of gear in Mount Joy do you know what I mean and uh, I had to stop because you know so we started doing the training unit Because the training unit is no drugs. If you want to stay away from drugs in Mount Joy, that's that's where you go. So then I start to engage. Now I'm just getting the training unit. Do you know what I mean? Because I know there's going to be no drugs in there. And these are people that genuinely are trying to stay away from the whole thing, you know. Mm, And, like, if you really want it, you have to want it. But it's tough, you know. And what I'm saying is, we go there. Like, I'm not saying to pick kids out there, listen, 50% of you are going to end up, like I just said, 100% 100% of you are going to end up what yeah. I just said. It's, it's, there's, nobody gets out of that. Nobody nobody, nobody comes out of it easy. They're am going to end up in fucking bits, doing what I had to do to come off it. We go there. Just mm-hmm. don't fucking start. Do you know what I mean? I think that's why we need education. People
0: like you, yeah. people like Will R. We. Yeah. People out there who can give first-hand experience, yeah. and not these. Now, I don't mean to put anybody down, but these people who haven't lived a life, it's hard to take advice from someone who who
2: hasn't been there that's why the NA works you know at night yeah. like, that's why that works because when you're in there there's other addicts there you know and they're all talking and when somebody comes in and they start bullshitting you can't feel a fool fail who's fooled millions mm-hmm. because all the tricks they're trying you've done a thousand bleeding yeah. times yourself do you know what I mean snap out of you dope like, do you really want to give and that's the way it is and because of that it really works if you, if and the if meetings it, are, the me- I, I, it's I, amazing I say the Cam the meetings are brilliant
0: but what I find sometimes with the meetings is like when someone is telling a story about something, I go, Jesus, I must have even been that bad. Because they have a dog
2: love. Every Exactly. Well, see, see what you're saying that, right? When I was on heroin, I used, I used to smoke it. And I used to look at people on the needle. Say, well, I'm not bad. Look at that cunt on the needle. Mm. Then I got on the needle, right? And Well, I'm not bad, they're banging into their groin. I'm only doing my arms. I ended up going my neck. Do you know what I mean? I think of it. I ended up worse than everybody I ever looked down on. Do you know mm. what I mean? So that's budget. But you do do that. Yeah. But, and you, people say to me, oh, well, you know, now you get these dopes. You get dopes everywhere. You get flawed people everywhere. If you're in it for the right reasons, there are good people in that organization who genuinely are, are there for recovery. Mm. Stick with, That's why they stick with the winners. Yeah. That's why you say a, that. Gen-
0: the, I, I said it before the That the most genuine people I've yeah. ever met me my like, They,
2: they yeah. genuinely want to help you. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, you see, you, you keep your recovery by giving her away. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's, because there's nothing... like. I would if, say it was me and you are strung out, right? Mm. And I'm not just saying this. I would rather take heroin than see you taking it. Mm. Do you know? Because I want to, to, other people to be recovering. I don't want them to have to go through the shit I went through. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that's why I want to help people. Yeah. And it gives you self-esteem because a lot, of, a lot of the drug thing is about self-esteem. You know, you have low, low self-esteem, and you feel vulnerable. Yeah. I remember, like, I remember we were number one in Ireland with the album. I remember trying to walk into the shop to get twenty smokes and. I hadn't a fucking, I felt so vulnerable, do you know what I mean, self-conscious. Anxious enough. Yeah, like. and I couldn't, and I'm the album's number one. And because you're on a stage, it's nothing to do with life, do you know what I mean? In life it's different, real life is different. Sort of going to autopilot on the stage. Now. Yeah, Yeah. Mm. well in, on the stage you can kind of be all the things you can't be when you're mm. in, in yeah. life. But you know, it's it's, it's it's a tough one and you know, you as lads have seen as I said, mm. because if any, if any Society has seen it more than anywhere, it's the city. you know, it's been fucking ravaged by it. And Finglas is the same now. Look, that councillor I was talking to last week, he was talking about this particular area where they're all selling crack at the moment. And the police just put a cordon, says, right, we don't even go in there. And they just have, to, there's about three streets, you know, I won't say the names of them because I do not putting advertising yeah. for the fuckers. So the police don't go in there and the, the, the addicts go in and do their business and you know, now they'd catch them going in or out if they have and you know what I mean? We well, you mm. usually just stay in there and use in there, and, you know? Yeah, now the there's a lot just of problems. Just, but it's, you know, to me, what the police are doing is fucked up as well because it's like the scooters, you know, the, you know, the, the scramblers years ago. So in those you're not allowed to have a scrambler on the road. It's yeah. illegal to have it. So the police couldn't have turned the and down. Now they're just everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Like you heard about that bloke down there. Remember the boy yeah. turned on his head. So what the police did, they let the little things go can things, you let the blokes sell the grass at the shops, you know, it's only grass now. They're selling crack at the shops. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? You have to nip it in the fucking bud. you know. These scooters are the same, the electric scooters, they're illegal, but they're letting everybody run right with them. Mm, well,
1: this is the thing, so the problem there is the preventative stuff, Christy. Yeah, so yeah, like there's a couple of problems with what you were talking about. So you were saying, yeah, the guy the, that won't go in there, but they'll stop the addicts coming out with the crack on them. Yeah. So now that addict who is an addict and they're strung out and they need that they're going to get a conviction about
2: having possession. Plus they're going to want more when the police take that go it go off. So that as well,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's adding to the problem. And then another thing is the preventative stuff. So you were saying, you know, you have that, that void in you, that whole, that feeling that you yeah. can't get rid of. How are you going to cope with it? And you were saying, you you turned to heroin and you are saying there should be alternatives. So there should be like more counselling services. Exactly. People should be aware, like, you know what? If you don't feel right, you don't have to go to the substance. Yeah. You can go to a person instead. Well,
2: my brother I was a child psychologist, right? And he was telling me, you're we talking about pedophiles one day, right? So he was saying to me, he's got this paedophile years ago. He's doing life for more than a few kids, right, in the States. But when he was in jail, he wanted to find out why he was like this. Because for some reason, they can't treat paedophilia. Like, no matter what they've done with paedophiles, they can't cure it. You know what I mean? There's no... It's in them. Yeah, they've tried everything to try and fucking get it out of them. You can't do anything. It. It's, just, it's just the way they are. Anyway... So <laughs> this bloke wanted to, he didn't know, he said, look, I, I I, am into kids, you know. He said, I walk, walk by a school and I get a horn looking at the kids. He said, but I don't want to be like that, kind of. I didn't want to be like that. It was just the way I was. So they brought him to a schoolyard in a car, schools, and these, all these psychologists. And they got him to pick out 10 kids in the schoolyard that he would go for as a paedophile. So 10 kids, 10 kids, him, the red jumper, him with the blue coat, picked out 10, right? The 10 of the kids he picked out all come from broken homes and, fuck, you know, real dodgy fucking backgrounds, you know, mixed, fuck, dysfunctional backgrounds. These people have an antenna for it. Do you know what I mean? They they know who to pick. Mm. The guy that picked me on my road, I was the eldest boy in my family, right? I had kids living all around me who had big brothers. Never touched any of them you knew me. you knew I know. I know nobody to fight for me. Do you know what I mean? Mm. These know who to go for, and it's the same with fucking addiction. So you get people in the schools. They know the kids that are going to end up. You need. You could pick out. I. I could. I could pick out if I go to a school today with 14 year olds I can either pick out the kids that are going to end up. One of the highest out. chance, anyways. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So what you do is you you, you try and. Get in there before preventative. You try and get them some sort of counseling, get them to build a self esteem yeah. intervention. That's what you know, but that's that's that all cost. You need it's not even a money thing, it's a will to do it. You need the government to to willing to do it. 100%. So, you really need all these top politicians out, all their sons to get strung out and their daughters. It's the and only never. then, then the maybe office. something to be done about it because otherwise it's just going to go on and on. It's going to get worse and worse and that cordon I was talking about is going to become all the thingless and then it'll be all of Dublin. Then it'll be all the fucking Ireland. When, when does it stop? When do we stop it? When it's all the fucking Europe? Do you know? Hey mm. man, come on. Like, right. It's not as if they don't know what the result are Like I'm telling you is from they know the, from experience what, what's down the road. We we go there. Stop the fucking thing. Yeah. But even that, you have to have a will to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, all, they're all into their pensions and all that bollocks. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Well, they're not walking out and seeing it every day, crazy. That's the
2: thing. Yeah, but you see, another thing is, when they get into power, I've seen it with politicians. Not all of them, but a lot of them. As soon as they get into government, they change that. Uh, they change the show, changes, You know what then, I mean? yeah. Because now yeah. they're in power. They don't want to, they know They have a pension and all that bollocks, you know? Yeah. I think the we politics of the light, I know. Yes! Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know
0: what? Well, if you well I was going to say, jump into a few little quickfire questions. Yeah, that's what I'm going yeah. But <laughs> know, <laughs> I was going to say, Christy sings a song by
2: him. Right. Come on, Matthew, you want me to sing? So, this right. So this is a song. This was written by Eric Bogle, right? So he's a Scottish bloke, lives in Australia. And you wrote, this is Walsing Matilda, or not Walsing or Matilda, he wrote Walsing as well, but Greenfields of France, right? So I was doing an album with Thimbar Fury, and I was, you was know, talking about the song, because we are doing it, you know? And, uh, he was—he he met Eric Bogle, you know, when he was touring Australia, and he was talking about the song. So when Eric Bogle was fourteen, he was living in Scotland, right, and he went on a students' break to France. So he was staying in these these room, these fucking uh, lodgings or whatever, and he robbed a bottle of wine over and got locked. So he wouldn't let him back into the gaff that night because he was pissed. So he jumped over a wall and fell asleep, you know, in a field. And when he woke up, he was at the grave of Willie McBride. Yeah. And that's where he wrote, so that's how he wrote, and he didn't write the song when he was 14, so years, that couldn't was on his mind. Yeah. So years later he wrote, you know, cause, uh, see where grave, so your grave's on, you're only.
1: Yeah. That's
2: where all that came.
1: I thought, was this not a, originally a poem? No, you're
2: talking a, about Walsh Matilda.
1: Are you sure about now? he's walking through the graveyard and he sees the...
2: Well, if that's, whoever thought that was bollocks, because... Yeah. Talking bollocks, do you want? Know? It, it could have been. <laughs> yeah. I'm
1: nearly sure I was told
2: that in skills. Yeah, yeah. No, Someone well, this, had listen to this. Was well, like, this is what Femme Fury him. told me, that yeah. y- a man that wrote it told him, so I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they told him i am talking bollocks, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, we, could we do Willie McBride, yeah? Yeah, yeah. give it to us, uh, Chris. Well, how do you do, young Willie McBride? Do you mind if I sit here down by your graveside and rest for a while? Need the warm summer sun? I've been walking all day and I'm nearly done. I can see by your gravestone you were only 19 when you joined the great fallen in 1916. Well, I hope you died well and I hope you died clean. Young Willie McBride was it slow and obscene? Did they beat the drum slowly did he play the fife lowly did they sound a dead march as they lowered you down and did the band play the last post and chorus and did the pipes play the flowers of the forest did you live out a wife or a sweetheart behind in some faithful heart is your memory enshrined Although you died back in 1916 In that faithful heart are you forever 19? Or are you a stranger without even a name And Enclosed down forever behind the glass pane? On an old photograph, torn, battered and stained And faded to yellow in a brown leather frame Did they beat the drum slowly? Did he play the fife lowly? Did they sound a dead march as they lowered you down? And did the band play the last post and chorus? And did the pipes play the flowers? of the forest well the sun how it shines on the green fields of france there's a warm summer breeze makes the red puppies dance and look how the sun shines from under the clouds there's no gas no bad wire. there's no gun firing now But here in this graveyard, it's still no man's land. The countless white crosses stand mute in the sands. And to man's blind indifference, to his fellow man. To a whole generation that were butchered and damned, did they beat? the drum slowly did he play the fife lowly did they sound a dead match as they lowered you down and did the band play the last post and chorus and did the pipes play the flowers of the forest well willie mcbride i can't help wondering why Do those that lie here know why did they die? And did they believe when they answered the call? Did they really believe that this war would end wars? Well, the sorrow, the suffering, the glory, the pain, the killing and dying was all done in vain. By young Willie McBride, it's all happened again. And again, and again, and again, and again. Did they beat the drum slowly? Did he play the five lowly? Did they sound the dead march as they lowered you down? And did the band play the last post and chorus? And did the pipes play the flowers? Of the forest, I thought the mic was down. I'm seeing over there. (laughs) The audience was close, signing about
0: Hopefully, it picks up all right. Anyway, did you pick that up there? That pick up all right, boys. Right, bye. Well, we weren't going to ask him to do it again, (laughs) anyway. But it'll do, it'll do. Are you big into history, Christy? Yeah, yeah. It's my favorite subject in school. Yeah, I
1: love history. Yeah, Yeah.
0: Yeah. it's a it's great. I, I would
2: you, just say that was unbelievable. Fuck me, man. I'm at to He's just <laughs> you know, all the time, you know. Yeah. Even what's happening now with Putin and all, he's doing exactly what Hitler had done back in the fucking parties, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Invading countries outside his own country, you know, and trying to imperialize the whole world again, which is gone. Like, that imperialism is gone. So, you see, when Hitler done that, the Brits had owned all of, you yeah. know, Canada and yeah. Australia and Africa, and then Hitler said, well, I'm going to take over Poland." Oh, you can't do that. Yeah. Well, you're taking over of fucking Africa. Fuck off. Do you know what I mean? That's what was kind of going on then. People yeah. don't see it that way. That
1: was called dead. Uh, because the, the
2: winners write the history.
1: Yeah, it's appeasement. That is. I will let them have that because you want them more. Yeah. But then when they do that. But you see, what, what caused the
2: Second World War was the First World War. Yeah. Because the, the, the Treaty of Versailles was so hard on the Germans. Do you know what, like, they were going with barrels of money. Yeah. Real barrels full of money when you get a loaf of bread. Yeah. Money was that worthless. Do you know what I mean? Because like of the inflation. Millions of yeah. Deutsche market mm. to buy a loaf of bread. Mm. Inflation gone so high. And the Hitler was saying, look at. Why are we doing this? Cause some war that happened 20 fucking years ago. Fuck that. Do you know what I mean? So that's how we got to the end Because I used to wonder, how did he get them on board to do the evil? Like what he done to the Jews was awful. Do you know what I mean? So I used to wonder, how did he get a whole nation to turn against another nation like that? That's how we done it. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, the oppression that they were. Yeah. And this, you know, Putin is kind of. Is, history just repeats itself a like, lot
1: we saying that, so uh, we
2: a heavy shit. Yeah. The <laughs>
1: next song, though, the next song you mentioned there was Waltz and Matilda, because that, that also stands from World War I as well. Yes, yeah,
2: so that's another. Eric Bauer wrote the two songs. Yeah. So, we'll do a bit of that just for a crack.
1: Do you want to give us a background to that one? Do you know about that? But no, it's
2: just it's just an anti-war song, so...
1: It's, um, do you know what Waltz
2: and Matilda is? No. It's well, like... I'm, it's like, it. I'm always sing it this way. When I was a young man, I carried me pack. And I lived the fair life of a rover From Maurice Green Basin to the dirty outback, I waltzed my Matilda all over. Then in 1916, my country said, son, it's time to stop your rambling, there's work to be done. So they gave me a tin hat and they gave me a gun and they sent me away to the war. And the band played waltzing Matilda as the ship pulled away from the quay. But amid all the cheers, flag waving and tears, we were sailed off to Gallipoli. Tis well I remember that terrible day when our blood stained the sand and the water. And in that hell hole they call Suvla Bay, we were butchered like lambs to the slaughter. Johnny Torkey was ready, he primed himself well. He rained us with bullets and he showered us with shell. And in five minutes flat, We were all blown to hell, nearly blew us back home to Australia. And the band played waltzing Matilda as we stopped to bury our slain. And we buried ours and the talks buried theirs. Then it started all over again. Well, those that were living, they tried to survive. In this mad world of blood, death, and fire. And for ten weary weeks I kept myself alive, though the corpses around me piled higher. Then a big Turkish shell blew me arse overhead. And when I awoke in my hospital bed and I saw what it done, oh, I wished I was dead never knew there were worse things than dying so no more i'll go waltzing matilda across the green bush far and near for the hump tent and pegs a man needs both legs no more waltzing matilda for me so now every April I sit on my porch and I watch the parade pass before me. I see my old comrades, how proudly they march, renewing past dreams of past glories. And the old men march proudly, all bones stiff and sore. their forgotten heroes from a forgotten war. And the young people ask, What are they marching for? And I ask myself the same question. And the band played waltzing Matilda. And the old men still answered the call. But year after year, their numbers get fewer. Someday no one will march there at all. Waltzing Matilda. Waltzing Matilda, who'll come a-walsing Matilda with me? And their ghosts can be heard as they march past the billabong. Who'll come a-walsing Matilda with me? It's a great song. So you asked the background, so it was all Australians had to go to
1: talk oh, to I know, I know I So
2: was... my granddad fought in Gallipoli. Did he? he dad's he fought in Gallipoli. And that's why I think that resonated with me when yeah. I heard those songs. So, my dad was telling me, you know, so Churchill had bombarded the defenses, the Turkish defenses. So, he said to the troops, go in now, what are bombarding the fucking defenses? Yeah. He'd done that a month before. So he re reestablished their defenses. So, they sent the Irish enforced. They were like sandbags. So, they used to they get shot, you'd hide around their dead bodies and shoot them. So, over a thousand people in George Few's I think it was, my granddad was in. Eleven of them came back and my granddad was one of them. Right, But oh, well, no. you know when you come in on the landing craft and they're about four foot water and you jump out and to run in. So there was barbed wire under the water. So, they were all caught in the barbed and the chokes were just picking them off. Do you know what I mean? So, when my granddad came back, he was off his trolley. He was fucking mad. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So, my dad said, that his, dad, his dad was an alcoholic. So, he
1: just... He never passed down any stories or anything from him?
2: No, but he passed down addiction. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that just passed through generations. Mm. There you go. Anyway, it's frightening. Like I see all the addiction in this country. You know, all the mothers' homes and all from years ago. Mm. All that abuse. All the abuse. That's the scars of that are coming back to haunt us now. All that karma. And that's what addiction is all about. All that suffering that people went on. You know, it's carried through the generations. 100%. That when you that we need to sort those things out, you yeah. know.
1: We end.
2: Anyway, stop with that. <laughs> Well were, we'll do a few quick yeah, on, questions, on, Chrissy. Go on, go
1: on. What's your favourite song to perform?
2: Uh I think probably Waltzing Mathilda. Yeah. I love the that. And I, well I love this, this song we have called Broken Soul. I love the one as well. But Aslan songs they change all the time, do you know? Yeah. I mean? So Who's the most famous
0: person you ever met?
2: David Bowie. Um Paul McCartney. Um who else? Mm, That's all You know. I've met Freddie Mercury. We we're doing a studio in um, London, and we were in we were in the studio near we were in the other studio recording at the time, you know. So I've met a few, you know. But sometimes you don't want to meet famous people. You usually end up being fucking ages. You well, know? one of them
1: down not meet to her. I was going. Kind of yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I find that happens quite you know. Your favorite venue to play? Vickers Street, brilliant venue, amazing venue. The Carl Copple House is great, but Vickers Street is great. Yeah, great place to play. Other ones? It didn't come up with many. What well, if you were on Death Row? What meal would you have? <laughs> It's oh, a good one, oh, Have, a laugh. <laughs> have one. Singapore noodles with just chicken <laughs> and veg and chili, red you know the chili sauce, yeah. loads of that. In it. Mm. Singapore noodles and death row. Yeah. Anything in the world, Christy. Yeah. Do you remember have, have something about songs? I'm an easy, I'm an easy man to feel. What did I have? It dropped me ten right Remember you won the award for the best haircut as well.
0: Yeah. Well,
2: did you hear about that? I did. Well, <laughs> you about that, that. Yeah. So what do you call that him? Amazing. That's um, Warren in Dublin Barbers.
1: Yeah, he always texts me to say that he, he does your hair. Yeah, yeah,
2: Warren's cool. He's a good, good play. And another like working class blonde thing is at the old Melbourne he does a lot of footballers' hairs and stuff. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. He does all, yeah, man, Colin Robinson. You know, all that. Yeah, 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 But he's a great, great barber. He's amazing. Uh, so what, what was one earlier we was talking
1: about? Is that is there a song out there that you think is uh, brilliant? You wish you wrote it.
2: Oh, loads, Jesus. Loads of songs. What your top three? I can't tell um, you. There's a song by Peter Gabriel, Don't Give Up. He sings it with, with uh, um, what's her name? Kate Bush. In this proud land we grew up strong. Do you ever hear that? It's an amazing song. It's called Don't Give Up. I'd love to have written, written that. There's a few Oasis. There's a couple of their songs that they would love to write. You know, cause They have some amazing songs. Mm. And then Pink Floyd have a song called "Comfortably Numb." I'd love to write. Low, I could say it all day talking about songs. But they, had, they left off the top of my head. Mm. There's a song by a guy called Leo Sayer. It's got "Everybody Knows Down at Brook Grove, You gotta leap across the street. Great song. I'd like to write that as well.
1: And is there anyone out there that you wish to perform with, past or present, because you, play, you played, Fireball, you played far about. We
2: didn't, you? Yeah, um, who was? Not really. No, you know. Anytime we play around, I want to blow them off the stage. Yeah. yeah. you know what I mean? So I'm going to I'm going to blow these off the stage. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So you don't want to. And I, don't, I wouldn't like to do that with somebody that I like. Do you know what I mean? Do you um, listen to any other Yeah, I listen a lot artists now. I love Versatile. Um, yeah. Um, Shout out to the boys. <laughs> the legends. I love them. Um, there's a band called Vinci. So I was in the gaff one day and this, this woman I know from years ago rang me and said, this is my son. is in a band and he's great and he can't catch a break. It's not anything you could do. And I said, "Come here, and I tell you." I says, "I used to have a singing skill." I says, "And I'd get a phone call off a woman. And she'd like, I have a daughter, she's fourteen. She's the next Whitney Houston. Why don't you hear her singing?" So I'd book an audition, and i could be waiting. She to like, "Can't wait to hear this young one." The woman come in. She wouldn't have a owner her bleeding head. And I'd be, and the owner be going, "And I'd be going, what are you fucking hidden? Do you know what I mean?" <laughs> but and so I was saying to this woman, I said, "You're a, you're his mother." I said, you're hearing shit we don't hear, you know? Yeah, you boys. I said, I said, I said like, I'm going to be honest. I said, don't ask me because I don't give anybody bad up. I can't, I can't understand when somebody gives somebody bullshit opinions because you're not doing them any favors. If you say that's great and it's not, they're going to continue in that vein and they're not going to go anywhere. So yeah. I, it usually breaks that. People ask you for their opinion, they usually don't really want it. They want you to just tell them they're great. You yeah. know what I mean? So I said this all to her. So I said, look, send me a tape or a song. So she sent me a song called Lion by Vinci check it out on YouTube and after the show and the mineral head I ran. So we are playing in um, the Ivy Gardens about a month later. I said, did you ask him? Did he want to support us in the Ivy Gardens? So they have gotten to support mm-hmm. us and you play Listen to this though. Walked off the stage after our gig, they'd gone on and they walked off and they're all crying at the back of the stage.
0: And I go, oh, we're not bad,
2: kind of joking. The singer's father died of a heart attack at the fucking gig. And you fucking oh, believe it. the biggest day of his life. Do you know what I mean? Playing, you know, in the Ivy Gardens, and his father had a heart attack at the gig. A oh, fucking heart broke from But anyway, so I'm trying to get them on the Tree Arena gig, you know. But that, great band, check out that song. And out there in Listenerville, check out Vinci Lyon. It's just amazing. And do you know what I like about the singer? He sounds like an old singer, an old fashioned. He can yeah. sing. There's no bullet, there's no, you know, there's this you know, there's computer they put on the yeah, voice now. Like, none, yeah. none of that. He's just a good singer, that's what I like about
0: Man, well, we have one of our own from uh, D1. Have you heard it? Gemma Dunleavy? Yeah, unbelievable, isn't
2: she? Yeah. There's some great, yeah, she's good. Yeah. She's unbelievable. There's some great people out there, and that's what you know. See, do you know the one thing I love about Ireland is we're five million people, so we're about the same as Manchester mm. population wise. And look what we have given the world in music and literature, and you know, like for the nation our size, so we box above our weight and all those things, even in rugby. Like we've won the best rugby teams in the world. A little country of five million people. And we're beating England with what, 70 million people? Do you know what I mean? So you can be very proud of what we do here. And like you can't you can hardly go anywhere in the world without meeting Irish people, you know. There's an Irish and bar in every country yeah. in the world. And that's what that's what, like we're a great nation. We're a great nation. And you know, sometimes you get caught up on the negative, like we were talking about earlier on. And I, I love being Irish. I love the fact of it. But sometimes when things are happening, government wise, I think. What am I proud of being here? Yeah. Why am I mm-hmm. proud of this country? I am proud of the country and the people, but usually the people, I don't even think of Patrick Pierce and all those people who died, and they must be spinning in their fucking graves looking at the shit that's going on in this country at the moment. You know what I mean? Mm. You're talking about history, you know? Yeah. Anyway, no badness. Happy, happy, happy. Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Right, Any more, Terrence? Anyway, no, we, started.
0: that's the quick fire is over anyway Yeah. I know um, you're going to leave and huh? I'm like we should have fucking asked like that it's a cult, didn't it yeah. we'll just get him up a right? Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. no
1: Chrissy, thanks <laughs> oh, for coming no, in you're a BC president now we need to shoot off it's, it's
0: always we, a pleasure
1: wrap this one up 71 done Episode. take us out Kino Boom. subscribe to this podcast for free on the go Live app what you waiting for what you back in
0: The hip knocker.